0: to start helaman in this week's come follow me helaman one through six the rock of our redeemer which that whole saying comes from the lecture that helaman gave to his sons in helaman five and one of my favorite parts about that lecture is 12 or 13 times it says remember i have a feeling that remembering is really important in our lives Remember who you are. Remember the things the Lord has done for you. Remember your ancestors. Remember the faith of those who have come before you. Remember the things the prophet has asked us to do. Remember what has worked in the past and what hasn't worked in the past. And we kind of go through that in these chapters, right? But let's read Helaman 512. And now my sons, remember, remember, That it is upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, that ye must build your foundation. That when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, yea, his shafts in the whirlwinds, yea, when all his hail and his mighty storm shall beat upon you, it shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe, because of the rock upon which ye are built, which is the sure foundation, a foundation whereon, if men build, they cannot fail. And then it says, 14, they did remember his words. Our Savior, the things that he has done for his, his sacrifice and his unconditional love and his example will fortify us against any storm that comes our way, any temptation that we are faced with, any difficulty that we encounter, any affliction that we have to endure, that our Savior will absolutely be exactly that. He will save us if we will allow him to come to our rescue. And so I love that it talks about him being our rock, our foundation, what we are able to stand on so that we can't be blown away, knocked over, frustrated, right? And so that scripture is one that, um, I've asked my kids to write on a piece of paper and put on their wall this week so they can ha- they can remember our Savior and the things that He has done for us. So in Helaman 1, it talks a bit- little bit about what happens when we divide our attention. There was a conference talk given one time that was... Um, they talked about how you can't put one foot in Babylon and one foot in Zion. You have to pick which side you're on because what happens is you get torn and then you're not ready for the defense that you need to be able to to stand firm so you're not knocked over by those storms that come our way, right? So we need to know that we choose Christ. We choose his way. We trust him as our coach, as our leader, as our savior, as our everything. We trust him to guide us, to get us to the destiny that we're looking for. And I say coach in the since that I watched my kids in their sports and the coach has them to do some really hard things. We'll just talk about cross country because my sister my daughter's a senior and her coach is known for making state champion teams. But he's hard really hard and so these girls go to practice every day and it's hard to get up sometimes because they know they have a hard workout in store for them but they do it because they trust the coach they trust the coach to know what they need to get them where they want to go and so as i watch their diligence and their ability to just put their trust in the lord in the lord we didn't even put our trust in the lord put their trust in their coach, coach almost blindly it gives me strength to know that sometimes i have to put my trust in my Savior blindly because he ultimately knows how to get us where we want to go. He perfectly knows how to get us where we want to go. And so that gives me courage. And we talk a lot about courage in these chapters we've already studied and in this chapter in the sense that courage is what gives us the ability to move forward because we are excited, engaged, active. We have the courage to do the things the Lord asks us to do, the courage to stand up for truth and righteousness, right? And so when we're divided, when we're split, and the adversary loves to divide us, whether it's politically, and it's as a nation, as a community, or whether it's even in a church family, or even within our own selves, he loves to divide us, to make us feel like we're being torn, so we're at odds with each other. And the reason why he does that, he tells us exactly why that happens, because he says that when that happens, that, so who builds up secret combinations? The adversary, Satan. He is the head. He is the the leader of all secret combinations. Right? Yeah, in Helaman six thirty, it says it is he who is the author of all sin. And they're talking about Satan, the author of all sin. Whenever the secret combinations take hold, in and I, I refer to secret combinations as anything that is moving us away from the Lord. So we see it in our nation now. They're not in secret anymore. They start off in secret until they get powerful enough and then they're just out in the open. We're here and we, um, are, you know, are here to take your freedoms and your, your um, agency. but. That happens within each of our own individual lives within us. It's a battle within us. And Satan wants to trap us, chain us, distract us, deploy us, whatever he can to move us away from Christ and away from that direction, that protection, so that he can then say, okay, now, now I have more control over what they do than what the Lord has. And so in here it says that these combinations they, you know, because I remember back when Alma and even says this, remember these are, the, these are the secret oaths and things that Alma was talking about that we do not want to pass on to our children. We want to pass on the scriptures and the words of the prophets and the advice of King Benjamin and all the greats who came before. We want to pass those things on to our children. We don't want to pass on the secret combinations. But then he says, that's not where it came from. It wasn't because we passed it on. It's because it was put into the heart. By Satan, he can, he just places it upon our hearts, and he does that with wanting us to be over over um, joyous for things like um, greed and power and um, success, maybe in things that aren't pointed in the Lord's direction, right? Okay, so it's Helaman 5 30 where it tells us to how to understand how to what the Holy Ghost sounds like. It says that it came to pass that when they heard this voice and beheld that it was not a voice of thunder, neither was it a voice of great tumultuous noise. But behold, it was a still voice of perfect mildness, as if it had been a whisper, and it appears even to the very soul. The ability to hear and recognize the Holy Ghost is the greatest gift that we can have. And He literally will help us in every situation if we can be in tune with Him and recognize it. he's not going to come in and scream and yell and shout and shove and push. It's not a feeling of overbearance. It's not a feeling of being forced. It's a feeling simply of guidance, of love. Simply it usually feels like your own voice, your own head, but it moves you in the direction that you're seeking or closer to the Lord or protects you and stops you and warns you. And so it's really important to to practice listening for that because that is what's going to give us the power of god in our lives where we're able to have miracles happen because we were able to respond to what the holy ghost is telling us and that is one of the things that we can do to prepare live righteously so that we live worthy of the holy ghost and then practice responding and listening and hearing and recognizing it and i've even learned that it's crucial that i point out to my children when they hear the holy ghost so that they know how to respond and listen and hear because sometimes it gets overwhelming like what does it sound like what exactly are you talking about? I've never felt that, like a burning of the bosom. Like, I've never felt that. Maybe you have, because it was a soft burning, a simple burning, a hug maybe, right? But it never leaves you, because you recognize it, and you recognize this impression, and then when you respond to it, you see the Lord's hand in your life, and you think, oh my goodness. Like, he guided me. This is amazing. And so I've had the opportunity to point that out to my children one at a time, especially the older ones, and it has changed their lives as they realize how subtle it is. And how simple it is. And it's, so it's life changing and it's exciting. But the, it comes in a steel voice of perfect mildness, as if it, is, it had been a whisper. It did pierce even to the very soul. And so then, when we get to um, chapter three, We see, I love how in chapter, it's interesting because chapter three and then chapter four, I'm just going to bounce back and forth to these two points because I feel like they go hand in hand with the Holy Ghost. But I feel like if we allow the Holy Ghost to help us, he will help us not to get involved in contention, pride, dissensions, um, and iniquity. He'll help us to be able to recognize flattering words and things that can then overtake our minds and Consume our thoughts, but in chapter in verse one of chapter three it says, "And it came to pass in the forty and third year of the reign of the judges, there was no contention among the people of Nephi, save it was a little pride, which was in the church, which had caused some little dissensions among the people, which affairs were settled in the ending of the forty and third year." And little, little is scary. Little is something that sometimes we need help with because it's small and almost unnoticeable or insignificant, we think. And, you know, I was talking to my college student and she was talking about just how iniquity doesn't start little. I mean, it doesn't start big. It starts little and you hardly recognize it, but just little and then little and then little and then little. And the same thing with contention. A lot of times, some of the things that make us the most mad or the most difficult or we most angry about start off little and then we let it build and build and build before addressing it or Forgiving or whatever needed to be happening in that situation many times, right? And then in, in verse 4, though, so that was chapter 3, verse 1. This is chapter 4, verse 1, and it says, and it came to pass in the 50 and 4th year there were many dissensions in the church. And um, and there was also contention among the people, insomuch that there was much bloodshed. So we went from little contention, little dissension, to many dissensions and much contention and that's a lot of contention <laughs> so we don't want to get there so i find that interesting how gradual and easy it moves it's that same thing you have to know what what who's your foundation what's your rock who do you stand on do you have the savior are you holding on to the savior's example and the things he's told us to do so that you don't let those little things overcome you and are you listening to the whispering of the holy ghost and the things that he's trying to teach you to um work on some of the other other comments i love is um what lack you yet? And it's a simple talk about um, asking the Lord, what, what lack I? And he might say, clean your room or whatever. But you need that, that ability to listen, ask, and then listen and respond to the things that the Holy Ghost is teaching us, right? So that then we can be fortified and strengthened and so we can increase our help. In fact, my husband, I was trying to not eat sugar, which was addiction for me. And he said, well, do you think the Lord can help you? And I said, I absolutely know the Lord can help me. I've prayed about it so many times and asked so many times for the Lord to help me and when I go to grab my my chocolate bar or something I'll have this gentle sweet soft whisper of voice in my head that says you don't need that it's okay just go get some water and you know what I say (laughs) this is so embarrassing but I say okay not this time you can help me next time but this time I just want my chocolate so right we have to be willing to listen and respond if we want help right so that's the kicker there but still um uh, he will help us to keep those little things from becoming many things. Okay, so what happens when we're following the Lord, right? In twenty-five, 325, it says, and so great was the prosperity of the church and so many and so many the blessings which were poured out upon the people that even the high priests and the teachers were themselves astonished beyond measure. That's right. The Lord pours out his blessings upon us almost to the point where we have more than we um, know what to do with. And um, those blessings come in all different ways. They're not always the same for everybody. And then 27, thus we may see that the Lord is merciful unto all who will, in the sincerity of their hearts, call upon his holy name. And 28, yea, thus we see that the gates of heaven is open unto all, even those who will believe on the name of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. The gates of heaven are open. How do we get the gates of heaven open? We call on his holy name that opens the gates of heaven. We seek the guidance of the Holy Ghost. We listen and respond. That's open the gates of heaven. Isn't that so cool? That's how we get Heavenly Father to be a part of our lives by asking, seeking, and then allowing him to. Okay, so then what we all want in Helaman 3.29, you see that whosoever will may lay hold upon the word of God, which is quick and powerful. Which shall divide us under all the cunning and the snares and the will, will, wiles of the devil and lead the man of Christ in a straight and narrow course across their everlasting gulf of misery, which is prepared to engulf the wicked. The straight and narrow path will take us right over the top of all those things that will snare us and trap us and addict us. He will just guide us lightly over. And we live in a world of so much confusion and so much loudness and so much there is a lot of screaming and we've got social media and we've got tv and movies and video games and so many things going on that sometimes it's just wide and loud and the lord will guide us in a straight narrow path right over the top 30. and land their souls yea their immortal souls at the right hand of god in the kingdom of heaven to sit down with abraham and isaac and jacob and with all our holy fathers to go no more out to me that is what we want that is what we're looking for right we're seeking this it's so exciting 35 nevertheless they did fast and pray often to wax stronger and stronger in their humility and firmer and firmer in the faith of christ until the filling of their souls with joy and consolation yea, even to the purifying and the sanctification of their hearts which sanctification cometh because of their yielding their hearts unto god amen (laughs) let's go follow the lord and so then what happens when we're following the Lord and when we're, we're doing the things he's asked us to do, we shine exceedingly. Our example of shines in the 36, the in 35, 36, it says, and they did shine exceedingly. And that's right. Our example and our love towards others will shine exceedingly. And that is how we will be able to be missionaries and minister to all those around us. And that's how we will be able to gather Israel and how we will be able to spread the love of Christ through living it and being that through being Christians. Christians are little Christs. You carry his name. You show who he is. People will want to be a part of Christ's love and his, of his ministry and who he is if they could feel that love through us. It's really beautiful. And we do that through 537. It says, turn and look. Turn and look what? Behold, there was power given unto them that they did turn and look and they did behold the faces of Levi and Lehi. So this is Levi and Lehi, Helaman's as they um, were imprisoned, and then they um, were got the chance to teach the gospel. And many people believed and listened because they, sh- they were able to shine who they were. That's right. And when they did take, they did accept the gospel, just like us, in 44, 544, they were filled with that joy, which is unspeakable and full of glory. And that's right. The joy that you feel when you're with Christ is a real joy. It's a, it's a sure joy. It's not fleeting or short-lived. And then 46 and it came to pass that there came a voice unto them yea a pleasant voice as if it were a whisper saying peace peace be unto you because of your faith in my well beloved who was from the foundation of the world our heavenly father has given us so much he loves us more than anything in the whole world And Christ has come here to sacrifice and to carry all of our burdens and all of our worries, all of our sins and all our iniquities upon his shoulders so that we can move forward and we can move forward with love and with kindness. And so we can give that same forgiveness and the same mercy to other people in our actions and in the way that we treat them. And these chapters to me just really give me the encouragement to be valiant and to not be overcome by the flattering words of the internet or the flattering words of others i